everybody and welcome to Vike Spice episode 2. My name is Karan and I am here with my bro Sanka. What's up Sanka? Hey everyone, how's it going? We're back for another week and it's good to be back. So let's get the conversation bro. We got a few things we want to talk about. Sanka, what do you have in mind to start out the show today? Um, firstly, I think we should just say thanks to, to everyone who listened to our podcast last week. We had over 100 listens, which is pretty cool, because I remember saying to you when we started this, like, if I get 10 people listening to me, I'll be really happy. So 100 is pretty awesome. So thanks, everyone, for that. Yeah, definitely. Man. It's been it's been great to see the support, having everybody reach out, say that they liked it, that they heard the podcast on their commute to work, and all the feedback, and people just sending in questions. It's been great to see people active and you know, pitching in and helping us out, make this grow slowly but steady. Yeah, yeah. And and every, a lot of people commented that it's not nice that um, they, they can hear a podcast with swearing. I don't know what the fuck they mean. We, we don't fucking swear, do we? I mean, I said fuck like once. Yeah, sure. Yeah, because I was, I watched this, um, this, what do you call it? It's kind of like an unboxing YouTube. It's Unbox Therapy. I think it's pretty famous. Yeah. They un- unbox like all these tech gadgets and stuff. And the guy, he's a Canadian, right? And he is super, like, nice. He never swears. And in one of his podcasts, he just started swearing for no reason. And, you know, when if you swear on YouTube, you don't get finance. You don't get, like, any money. Right. And it was awesome seeing that guy who you think is all super nice just say fuck, like, five times in the span of 45 seconds. It's amazing. Yeah. So does that mean we're not going to get any money for this? We're just doing this for, for the hell of it. I mean, yeah. I mean, eh, you guess. Yeah, there's got to be some adult sites out there that, that want to sponsor us, right? Come on. Yeah, some fuck-friendly sponsors for sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, fuckyourfriend.com. There you go. Um, right, anyway, let's get into let's get into this week. Uh, so, Giants-Vikings, what did you make of the game? So, this is one thing I want to talk about a little more in detail. So, this is one of those games that I think everybody was very cautious about reading too much into. No, the Vikings played really well. But I feel like there's a few things that have to be talked about that are still question marks. And we were talking about Xavier a little future, a little more ahead in the in the podcast, but stuff like I'm still not convinced with Kirk. I still have my issues with the offensive line. I feel like the defense got caught the lucky a few lucky breaks on Sunday. And then the fact that even though the game was well executed and the team played pretty well, it's not like everything is fine. I feel like the whole situation where we were exactly a week ago is just on pause, you know. The whole Stefan situation, Adam being pissed at Kirk, Kirk being a total idiot, all that stuff is is on pause. It has not ended. It's not gone away. It's just on pause. And a bad loss on Sunday just brings that all back and we're back to where we were last week. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's it's just it. We didn't answer many questions. It's it's always nice to get a road win. Um, I know that there's a lot of like people out there going to put a lot of caveats. Like, yeah, it was against the Giants. It was against a rookie quarterback. You know, the the defense is shocking and so on. And, and Zim has Sherman's number. But a win is a win, and I think we just got to take that. But you're right. We we haven't answered any questions. I mean, is Kirk any better? Is the O line improved? You know, is our defense firing again? It's all those questions won't be answered until we get a decent opponent. Um, and Eagles are probably going to be that decent opponent this week. So I mean, we, we'll, we'll talk about that game in a little while. But yeah, it's 
it was, it was a bit of a strange game where we didn't like come out and completely dominate. Like I thought Atlanta and Raiders, we just came out and first half we just went, right, this is it. We're going to run the ball down the throat, down your throat. We're going to get so many scores and, and that's it. Just, you know, and our defense will shut you down. Like this wasn't it. It was, it was a lot closer than, than people thought. Um, but I guess the, the positive is we took care of business. We got the win, come back home. And, and that could be the difference. If we stay unbeaten at home, you know, now we're suddenly a nine and seven team rather than an eight and eight team. And you sneak a couple more wins here and there and suddenly you're a 10, 10 win, 11 team win team. So it's, yeah, I, th- I think it's, you're right. We, we haven't answered anything, but at least we, we didn't lose. That's the positive. So bit. the one thing I want to add into that regarding this Giants game is that, so the offensive line played well against subpar competition. You know, I mean, people say that the pass rush is not that bad. It's still, it's still the Giants. You know what I mean? It's still the Giants. They're still New York. You know, they still suck, right? And I was looking at a, a short, like I think I just saw somebody breaking down, you know, Elf's game on Sunday, and the grading for him wasn't that bad. Like it was pretty solid grading and. You know, people said that he didn't actually do that bad, but he didn't pass the eye check on Sunday. Because I felt like the one guy who constantly kept getting pushed was him. And now it becomes a fact of now, okay, so if if he actually had a bad game, he, he starts to become a liability. He starts to become something that can drag you down when it matters, you know? Yeah, and I think the, the old line, it's... Uh, I'm not overly convinced that Elfline's best position is left guard. I know he wasn't that great a centre, but then he's still learning to be how to be a left guard. And that's the problem. Effectively, we have a lot of young players on that line. And you see, like there, there was a good clip, I can't remember who, who posted it, but against the Raiders, um, Eric Wilson, who is a great player for us, but by no means he's our best linebacker. And he busted through one of the best centers in the league. So Raiders clearly have the best center in the league, right? Busted straight through him and, and you know, harassed the, the running back. So every offensive line out there is going to have shit moments like that because, let's face it, the defense is also going to get some points over you. So, I, I but elf line, you, you have those bad moments more than you have the good moments. And that that's what everyone is getting worried about. It's like, when is this kid actually going to take the next step and just go, no, I, I am a solid left guard here. You know, I'm going to take care of whatever's in front of me in, in the running game, in the screen game. I'm going to get up the field and, and you know, block it like I'm supposed to. It's, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm not sure if he's taken that step yet. And being in year three, you kind of start to worry about him. Yeah, but then the issue becomes it's not only him, you know, because even Riley Reef is pretty bad. Because, I mean, he had a good game Sunday because the Giants, again, suck. But anytime you put a any competent, you know, edge rusher against Riley Reef, he gets beat. He gets he's on he's on skates most of the game. So then it's funny because you have someone in Bradbury who we still don't know how good or how bad he's gonna be. And then you have the right side of the line, which is amazing, because you got Klein and you got O'Neill who are playing out of their minds. They're the two guys who are playing amazing right now. That's the, those are two guys that I have no doubts about this season. O'Neill is still yet to allow a sack, you know, yeah, yeah. in his whole career. And then Klein has been awesome since he debuted, he debuted with the Vikings. Yeah. Then he, you, you kind of flip it over and then you see how 
bad the left side of the line is, and then Bradbury's a question mark, and then you think, so then what do you do? Because the Trent Williams trade isn't happening, I think, anymore. You you really have no uh, nowhere else to go except you know game planning around the shit you have on the left side. Yeah, and we we had a question about this actually from Canary Yellow um, at Kevin Sayer asking us, you know, what is our opinion on the A line? You know, are we because we're fans, right? We we don't know what what assignment these guys have and what what they're supposed to be doing, so we're just looking at them like, oh, they got beat. Sometimes, um, I'm, I'm not sure if you remember a couple of years ago, Remmers got beat really bad because he thought he was running a certain play where he had to get upfield, um, but Kirk was holding on the ball for a bit longer because he was running a different play and Kirk just got sacked straight away. So sometimes you just think, actually, there's just a miscommunication between the QB and the O-line of what they're meant to be running. So it is difficult to say 100% of the time that the O-line is shit. But if you, if you, if you had the... Um, the, basically the power right now would you get Trent Williams in what I would do is I would so this is going to be funky but I'd try to give Xavier to the Redskins right and try to get Trent and maybe a third or fourth or something you know you think Trent Williams is worth that much I think Xavier's contract is worth that little you know what I mean? Because even though the guaranteed money is over, the cap hit is still pretty. I mean, it's it, it. This might this might not kind of you know agree with everybody, but I think so. It's not what I would do, but I think that's the the one thing the Vikings could do to kind of help your cap situation and kind of get a good player. Yeah, but I think Trent Williams got a decent cap hit as well this year. So I think it's, would... I, yeah, let me. I mean, I can check over the cap, but I think it's reduced because of a bunch of bonuses that he's missed because he hasn't made any training camp or any practice, you know? Yeah. yeah. And and now that Jay Gruden's been sacked as well, surely exactly. um, Washington, they, they, they're not, the, the season is lost for them. So they they're might as well start building for the future, right? Exactly. Yeah. They're in a full-blown you know? at this point. And, and if we're getting Trent Williams back, I want Case Keenum back as well. That guy so, uh, is, is the best core, best backup in the league, right? That, I'm not having any arguments against Case Keenum. I, I love that guy. Okay, so before we go into the Keenum thing, the con, the apparently the cap here for Trent is 3.5. Really? Is, it's this can't be right, but there has to be something. Well, I mean, it's 3.5. I'm uh, yeah, I'm I'm cutting someone right now and, and trading for him. Yeah, because I mean I mean it, this might be wrong because his cap last year was 13.8, and this year just Bumps down to 3.5 because I think he missed he missed out on a bunch of like right. bonuses and stuff, you know. That's crazy, but yeah, yeah, it's exactly so. That that's one thing they could do to make things better, right? And and you, you got to make it. You got to give give your quarterback the best chance because you saw when he had time, he was able to make those throws. He was able to put in the right plays, and that's why Thielen had a monster game. That's why Dalvin Cook had a great game as well because when the O line is good, everything else just works. Yeah, and piggybacking on on the comment you mentioned about you know what what we could do, I think so. If you if you get someone somebody like Trent who can start immediately at left tackle, you either move Reef at guard to play left guard, or you just say fuck Reef, fuck Elf, let's go in and use Dakota Dozier at at left guard. Cause he hasn't looked that bad. Yeah. And then what what you mentioned about the um sorry I'm I'm kind of like cutting you cutting you out, but the the point you mentioned about um. You mentioned the whole game planning and how you know you don't really know, right? That makes sense, but that justifies maybe 
one or two bad plays a game. Mm. Not not even a game. It's one or two bad plays every now and then. Because O'Neal, so if some if out of the blue somebody just rushes through somebody like O'Neal or you know Klein, and sacks Kirk, you know, you're like okay that that has to be something more than meets the eye. Yeah. But yeah. people like Elf and people like Riley, they're just constantly getting beat. Sorry about that. They're constantly getting beat. They're constantly put on those skates. They're constantly allowing pressures and sacks and hits. And, you know, eventually it stops being something that, hey, it might be a margin of error. It might be, you know, we got to give some kind of margin to it being some type of error in the game plan or just miscommunication. But then that, that goes out the window when you're giving up eight pressures a game. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. It's, it's got to be. So, sometimes you just realise that the guy's not very good. Um, yeah, and and I'm I'm always optimistic, but the the fact that you know Bradbury is okay um, and he is just going to get better hopefully, and the right side of the line, like you said, is is so much better than it was um, two years ago. I think that that's positive now. At least rather than having to fill five holes, we've only got two holes to fill, right? So it's it's a little bit better. Um, but right, let's let's move forward because um, we touched a little bit on Xavier Rhodes. Do you think he's past it now? Yeah, I think I think he is because last year he didn't look good, and he's not looking good this year. Zimmer was publicly shown like screaming at him on the sidelines on Sunday after that touchdown that he allowed early in the you know, early in the game. And now you're thinking, okay, so if the Vikings move on from Xavier, be it this year before the trade deadline, be it next year before the season starts. The depth chart for the cornerbacks kind of gets iffy. The whole situation becomes pretty iffy. Because, I mean, you still have Mike Hughes on, over, on contract, and you still have um, you still have Holton Hill with contract, right? Yeah. The thing is, McKenzie and Trey are in contract years, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. They're both in contract years. Right, so that means that that you gotta resign either one or both of them or none of them. Then the issue becomes okay, fine. So let's let's say, uh, in a kind of between best and worst case scenario, the Vikings release Xavier Rhodes. Right. The thing with that is, it opens up it opens up, opens up the cap space a little bit, but then now you gotta you still can't sign both these guys. So then let's say you get McKenzie, right? Let's say Trey is gone, Zebra is gone. You get McKenzie, Holton, and Mike Hughes. That's not a bad cornerback depth chart, but it's still not what you had the year before and the year before that, where you had five capable starters, and now you only have two and a half. Yeah. Yeah, but I think if if Xavier is not the best player on that cornerback depth chart, you got to be looking to sign your best player, right? At the moment, I mean, Trey Wayne's got beaten. I think at the start of the game, he um, Sterling Shepard burned him on a, on a route as well. So the, the thing, I, I don't even know who the best cornerback at the moment is. I mean, if if you had to, if you if you really made me rate out them, I'd probably give it to Mike Hughes because he's Definitely. he's been really good since since he's come back. Um, but all right, what would you do? You put. Mackenzie Alexander in the slot. You put Mike Hughes on the outside, Trey Wayne's on the other, and then have absolutely no depth behind it because if one of them gets hurt during a game, you got uh, 
fucking Chris Boyd ready to come in. Then, then yeah, and and something called an EPS, which I'm sure is an STI, but fuck, he's he, he's been diabolical, right? So it's yeah, I, the, the cornerback depth is an issue, but which is weird because fucking Zimmer, every every minute you you know you log onto the Vikings draft and he's he's been getting a corner off in the first round. So I don't know how we haven't got more decent corners on on our depth chart at the moment. No, I think I think the reason we're not a, we're not bad is because Zimmer has a mentality. Because if you think about it, he has gotten good. He's invested quite a few draft picks, and the only reason we even made it to last year with all the injuries we had on on the on the on the you know on the back side of the defense was because we drafted. We have a fuck ton of cornerbacks, you know. Because let's say let's say you don't take Mike Hughes and you don't take Mackenzie Alexander in those two drafts, you only got Trey Waynes, Xavier Rose right now, and Holton Hill who just was a crapshoot. Yeah. And 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 you wouldn't even have Holton right now because he'd be suspended. You'd be you'd be with Xavier, Trey, and you'd be about to res- to like, extend both of these guys because you got nobody else. Yeah. yeah. But now the issue becomes so now you have so I think you have to send Mackenzie because he is a slot corner and you don't get those nowadays that easily. He's a good He's a mm-hmm. fucking good slot corner. You don't let those guys go. You know, Trey can be replaced. You know, they can just make Xavier stay, kind of just ride with it, and then Mike Hughes becomes a starter. Or you got Holton Hill, who was really good last year. I think they have options. I think Trey Wayne is the one guy I think I, I see out. I don't think they resign him because he's going to ask for a hefty price tag. Yeah, he is he's, he's definitely the odd, odd one out, out of that bunch at the moment. I mean, I love him. He's a good player, but I think at the end of the day, we we rather stick to Xavier's cap-friendly contract. Getting Mackenzie might be a little cheaper. I feel like he might be a little cheaper. And then you got guys like Mike Hughes and Holton Horst on, on rookie contracts. So when the when the time comes, you might have to resign them. Yeah. yeah. So that's the thing. So I mean, I mean, the Vikings have options, and I feel like the the team itself is going to look so much different next year compared to what we're seeing right now. It's going to be significantly different. Well, if 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 we lose a lot more games, then they're just gonna blow the whole shit up, and and we'll have more misery. Yeah, if the Vikings go like if if they miss the playoffs, it's, it, they might not even miss the playoffs. If they go like I don't know six and ten, somehow I don't I don't I don't I mean I don't expect them to go that bad to do that bad. But let's say they do, I I feel like they have to blow it up. They might have to because I I, I don't know where you go from there because if you go six and ten. It's because the worst has happened. You have lost the locker room. Kirk's playing like total fucking shit. Mm-hmm. Stefan is still is back to being pissed off. Adam is back to being pissed off. Zim's defense is not working. So it all, I mean, it obviously depends on the the surrounding situations when it happens. But you know, if if the team only goes, if the team goes three and eight for the last stretch of the of the season, that means the worst has happened and you have to blow it up. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. I, I don't think we will. I think I still I'm still very optimistic that we'll finish like 12 and 4 or 11 and 5, um, go into the playoffs in February, turn up in Miami, knock over New England, and then have a massive parade. I think that that's that's what's going to happen. It's, it is simple. Just just keep it simple. <laughs> I hope so, man. Because I mean, if if the if the Vikings somehow make it to the Super Bowl, I am driving down to Miami. I will <laughs> I will I will sell my liver if I have to, but I will be at that game. I'll swim over, man. It'll be fine. Might reach for uh, next week's probably. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Next week, Eagles. What do you make of them? Honestly, I am 
I feel good about this game for some reason. I feel good because I mean I think because it's at home, and I feel like this is where the Vikings either shit the bed or turn the page and turn the page on the season, you know? Yeah, and uh, same for me. I'm I'm really positive about the Eagles. I think they they're a good side. They're a really good defense, but I think they're really good against the run game, um, which Zim is going to have to change a few things up because he's got two world-class wide receivers that, that just need he needs to feed and you saw like when Stefan got the ball you know yards after catch he's amazing at running through people right and that that's what surely that's the game plan you, you, you're not going to run the ball down um, the eagle's throat so you got to plan it better you got to air the ball out Kirk use that fucking arm right give him give him the ball and just say right Kirk use that fucking you like that mentality that you that you say helps you you're getting paid $84 million. Why aren't you using that every fucking week? I don't know. But he, he came out in his pod saying, oh, I play better when I have a chip on my shoulder. Fucking have a chip on your shoulder then. Pay someone to have a fucking chip on your shoulder every week. Just have someone shouting abuse at you constantly in your headphone. What a dick. Anyway, sorry, got distracted. But I think Eagles, uh, for, for me, I'm really positive. I think we'll go in there. We'll get... It'll be a close game, but sneak out a win and then just start building momentum um, for, for the, like we said, we got a tough stretch. Then we got Lions, then we got the Redskins. So it's just getting that momentum into those games and, and getting some vin- wins under our belt. Yeah, and I mean, the, the Eels secondary is fucking abysmal, man. It's really, really bad. Like, they're bad. They, they I mean, against guys like Diggs and Thielen, they shouldn't stand a chance, you know? Right. I think the game plan has to be man attack through the air. Because if the, if if you're if you're constantly getting the air you know, yards through the air, the run should open up as good as the as the front seven might be. Because I might have linebackers dropping a little more, you know? But then the issue becomes part of the offensive line can't hold up against that front four. That's the issue. Because yeah. then the the thing is, what if you have Stefan and Thielen open all day, like against Chicago, open all day? But then the the the, the timing, like Kirk doesn't have the time to look down the field or just look at a second read or whatever. You know, his first read might be blocked or might be covered on the first on his first read or on the first second he reads it, and then he doesn't have time to look at his second guy. And it's a sack or he just throws it away or, again, a dump off to C.J. Ham. Yeah. So you have to be careful that Chicago, what happened in Chicago, kind of slowly pops back in. You can't let that happen. You know, you yeah. got to come back. You, you got to come on. You got to chuck the ball. Chuck that motherfucker down the, ball, down the field and get the job done. That's all you got to do. You got to help out Kirk. Have Kyle block, have or Smith block a little more. Help him out. Game plan around. Pass first, run second for this week. Because this week, so the mentality the Vikings should go every week is we can pass and we can run. We game play according to what our, what the opponent is. And this team that we're playing on Sunday is a good run defense. So it becomes, fuck the run. Let's, let's start out and let's chuck it down the field and let's get some fucking yards. Let's score and let's put these guys on their heels and beat the fuck out of them. That's how simple it is. Yeah, and especially after a game where the play action works so well, you, you have to stick to that plan because it's 
that is Kirk's bread and butter, right? Just tease the defense, you know, keep them, keep them on the back foot, thinking that you're going to be running the ball, especially after the fact that we've ran the ball so much as well. Um, and everyone's going to be expecting that. You just, you, you feed off that play action, go by yourself, you know, a split second longer and get that ball out quickly. And you're right, you know, especially with, um, uh, what's our wide receiver three call? Uh, BC, um, uh, with him coming through as well, it's not just Thielen and Diggs that you've got an option for. You've got a third option there. Irv Smith is getting more and more involved in the game as well. So you're right. I think air it out to win against the Eagles. You know, beat, beat the flying shits at their own game. I think one more thing. So the, what the Vikings have to be careful with this week is the PA, I mean the play action, but the play action rollouts. Yeah. Because, sorry, the only reason that worked against the Giants is because they suck. You know, because if if the game plan includes a few rollouts, a few boots, you have to be very careful. Because those were blown up against Chicago. Those were blown up against Green Bay. They blew those up and they read them. So we just have to be very careful to get overconfident with that specific play call. They have to know that, okay, this might not work, man. So let's before we do this, let's plan and let's use something that won't have a, quarter, a quarterback hit in 0.2 seconds and fumble the ball. So you gotta, even though you gotta go out, you gotta attack with a play action, you have to still be very careful with what type of play action you're calling. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it, we saw Kirk always rolls to his right, um, and that, uh, teams are getting smart to that move as well. So he's, he's got to be a bit smarter um, the way he does it as well when when you call that play. But yeah, um, what what do you think the score is going to be? Uh, damn, you got me off guard, man. Uh, let me let me think. I mean. I think we win the game. I think it's not as comfortable as we think, but I think a solid, I want to say 24 to 14. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'd say something similar, like 21, 17 or something. It'll be close, but we'll, you know, time of possession, we'll we'll win it down down that way. Uh, So, right. Let's uh, quick around the NFC North. Um, The Bears lost in London. You're welcome. Uh, the Lions were on a bye, and the Green Bay Wankers look really good at Detroit. It's, Aaron Rodgers has less touchdowns um, than Jones at the moment, and that's it's quite a funny start. I'm, I'm sure if we if you remind Aaron jo- Aaron Rodgers of that start, he'll love that because he's, he's a little child. Um, but yeah, so that's what's happening in the NFC North. Uh, right, week five questions that we've got so far from from people. Um, the first one. Uh, it's actually not off Twitter, and people on Twitter are wondering, hang on, how Sanka got mates that aren't on Twitter? Well, yeah, I do have friends who are not on Twitter. Uh, Josh Handy messaged me saying, would you rather have five picks in the top 100 or 10 picks in the top 250? Because that's Rick's MO, right? He, he always backloads the draft and gets loads of picks in the seventh round. But you know that the top talent is in the top 100. So which way around would you do it? So are we talking top 250 in the draft or top 250 in the NFL? Uh, no, top top two. So you, you've got 10, 10 picks in the whole of the draft, or you've got five picks in the top 100. So you can wow. you can only have one or the other. If it's the draft, I'm taking the top five, man. The top 100? <laughs> 100%. It's a crapshoot in a draft, man. When you get into those later rounds, you just hope hoping one of them hits. You know, those top 100 players have, I guess, like, if you look at it on the, on a, on a numbers situation, you know, the chance of a top 100 player being a starter and whatever are higher than, a, 
you know, six rounder or whatever, you know. So I feel like you go with the top I, with the top hundred five players. That's what I would do. Yeah, and that that hasn't been Rick's strategy though. He's always just backloaded the draft, and maybe you just think, is it worth trying a different strategy? Is it worth gambling a few picks, you know, in in the from the later half of the draft and and just moving up the board and and getting those maybe a few more blue chip players. I know it's it's a crapshoot whether it's the number one overall pick um, to you know number two fifty six. It, it's always going to be a bit of a crapshoot, but at least you're giving yourself more chance with a bit more talented players. So yeah, I I agree with you there. Um, next question, uh, Francisco Carvalho at FS Carvalho twelve says, will the podcast be in a weird British accent? I don't know what you mean, Francesco. Um, it is better than being the special one with the Portuguese accent like you will have. Yes. Right. Next question, GBR at Emperor Bjork 2. Um, would you replace any of the management coaching staff at the end of the year if the season goes to shit? Would you? I mean, we spoke a little about it earlier, saying that, you know, depending on how bad it goes, you're going to have to blow it all up. And when, and when you say blow it all up, I mean blow it all like up. Okay, so 10 and 6, but we don't make the playoffs. Would you blow it up? No, nah, I would blow it up. That's not, that's just competitive as fuck. You know, that's the NFC being the NFC this season. But I don't yeah. think that, I don't think it gets to that. I don't think 10 and 6 would not be enough. It should be enough. But like, that's, if in, in the case that it isn't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's the, the way to go. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd be tempted if, if we're 10 and 6 and, and we don't make the playoffs, we'll, we'll, we'll keep the band together for another year and, and give it one last go with, with Kirk's, you know, finally in the contract, but draft a QB high up in the top 50 next year. Definitely. A quarterback is a must in the draft next year. They, there is no two ways about it. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, Luke Renton at Renton official. Um, obviously we stick with, with cousins right now. If you had a choice, who would you take at QB? I mean, I think, from, any, from anybody in the world, like anybody. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Mahomes. Like, I don't think that's a question. I, I don't think you think about that twice. You take Mahomes. Really? I, I'd go Russell Wilson, man. Okay, oh, yeah, Russell think... Wilson's a good too. Yeah. yeah. But I think, I mean, but I mean, I take Mahomes because the contract too, man. I mean, you gotta that's consider true. all those things. Yeah. You get, you get that kind of rookie contract, you can build a powerhouse of a team. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, I love Russell Wilson, but his his press conferences when he just like he just has this most bland statement at the end, just goes go Hawks. You can imagine him just going at the at the end, just going skull vibes. Skull. <laughs> oh, I'm just pissed off. He's fucking like, oh, I gotta go. I gotta go say skull to these fuckers now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. So yeah, I I I take Russell Wilson. You take Mahomes. I think that's that's definitely an upgrade on on Kirk Cousins. Um, no doubt. Cool. Cora at C Mac O nine. Um, what's your favorite way to eat a mango? I'm gonna drink it. Like a smoothie <laughs> or something. It, weird you say that, right? When, when I was little, my grandma used to make mango pulp um, in the summer in India, right? And those were like the best things ever. But she used to give me the seed, and I just have this memory of me being like a six-year-old sitting in the kitchen while she's doing that and sucking on the seed. And man, that that takes me back. I I I'd love to just sit there. It's messy as fuck, but yeah, it was so good on a hot summer's day out in India. Man. Um, Can I be right. honest? Yeah. I thought you were gonna say that you choked on a seat and you were like trying to play. <laughs> nah, I was nah, expecting. I, 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 love, I was yeah. expecting some kind of like at least slight trauma. <laughs> yeah, no, no trauma in, involving mangoes, man. I I love mangoes. They're, they're, they're my go-to fruit. 
Um, right, next question. Uh, Carrie at CarrieDoll14. Um, okay, fellas, what is the food spread across the pond for NFL game day? Um, and she's saying their traditions are grilled meat, wings, dips, etc. Um, goes well with beers and Bloody Marys. So, what's I live in the US. Place? I mean, I live in the US, so I guess I, I, it's the same as hers. Yeah, for me, the, the game day spread is getting the kids to sleep as soon as possible so I can watch the game. It's the 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 shit thing is the game starts at six o'clock in the evening here. So I don't get to like I have to put the kids to sleep and stuff and they go to sleep about seven, half seven. So by the time I actually get to sit down for a game, you know, a dinner and everything's forgotten. I'm just snacking on whatever I can find in the cupboard. But if the timing was good, I'd probably have like chicken wings, um uh, whiskey, I, I really love whiskey, so that'll be my go-to drink. So um, Indian, Jesus Christ! Yeah, I, I'm like one of these old uncles. It's like, oh, beta, look at my whiskey with ice in it. Yes. You know, it's funny. I had this work thing a couple months ago, and there's a bunch of Indian people, and you know, I'm like, since I'm like kind of Hispanic at the same time, I love like having like rum and stuff. Yeah. And like, I just said, oh yeah, I'm gonna get a rum, and everybody was like, what the fuck is wrong? With you? <laughs> they all order whiskey. I'm like, okay, thanks, you fuckers. Yeah. Who invited the tourist? Yeah. Uh, Literally, right. yeah, I, got, I got shat on for that, for that <laughs> rum comment. Uh, next question. Uh, Mare Bear at AK Viking Girl. Uh, Three-part question, actually. So first one, what do you make of the wink? I don't think it's... I think it's, like, the best thing that could have happened, honestly. Yeah. That it's, that's as reinforcing of a sign you're going to get from Stefan because he always winks, man. He loves winking when he loves Minnesota. He loves everything from Minnesota and he winks all the time when it's good. He would not wink it with something bad, you know? Yeah. I'm really disappointed in the, in the Vikings beat writers that I didn't get a nine page essay on what the wink means and the psychological impact that'll have on his teammates. And I agree. His trade value, right? The, for me, it was a wink. He, he looked cool doing it. He does it all the time. I mean, I, I wish I was that cool doing a wink. But, uh, yeah. Um, next part of the question. Do you think enough was done to quieten the noise? Never. Uh, we, we love we, I think. I think oh, 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 she missed a font. Oh, I thought you were in the game. Never mind. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Um, do, do you think enough was done to quiet the noise for the um, no, for the game uh, for, from the team? Uh, yeah. No. We, we, we're always complain, right? We'll, we yeah. always just whine oh, about right. something. It's still got a long way to go. Yeah. Uh, first I, of all, sorry, go ahead. Well, I, th- I think they'll they'll have the parade downtown Minneapolis, and some fucker will go. There's too much traffic. There's too much purple around here. Fuck, kill everyone. I hate this shit. That, that because we love complaining. I don't know what what it is. We love complaining about everything. Yeah, and I don't. I mean, I don't know, man. The the, the thing with 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 the game is it wasn't. It, it's we can never be too optimistic with this team. We can never leave our guards down. And I think we've learned this as fans of this team, that the moment you leave your guard down, the moment you get cocky, that's when you get bitch slapped. The only season that has not happened was 2017. Every season that it was not 2017, every time we get a little optimistic, we say, hey, team's not bad. Hey, I think we turned the page. We go in and we get our asses fucking slapped and season's over. So we we gotta be as as we were saying last week we gotta be cautiously optimistic with this team. Yes, I agree. Um, and the third part of the question: Who was your MVP against the Giants? That one easy. That was easy, I think. Thielen. Dalvin, man. 
Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Actually, Dalvin, he, he opened up things for Thielen. He did everything on the run, on the in the air, man. He was he was all over the damn place. They he couldn't tackle him. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I I wanna I wanna give him the pass on that one. Yeah, he's not a he's he's not he doesn't have that many fumbling issues. I mean, he fumbled a little bit at FSU. Yeah, but still, like, I mean, in moments like it's funny because there was this one I was at the game once and he fumbled that exact exact same thing he did on Sunday. Exactly. I mean, only that it's of the of the left side of the field. It was the right side of the field. He fumbled it like at the fucking one or two. That was the most disappointing thing. I mean, he has. I wouldn't say fumbling issues. It's not a. It's not a concern, but it's just bad timing for him. Yeah, I know. But it, at least the positive was he fumbled, and the next play we got a safety. So at least yeah, we exactly. got we gave our defense something to do there. Yeah, that's oh, why I don't I don't hold it against him because yeah. It wasn't that bad. Right. Last two questions. Um, Skull Light at Skull Light. Uh, your thoughts on BC Johnson um, and what his first touchdown dance should be? Okay. So I think he's a solid number three at this point. I think we, we even though it's a little soon, I think we have a number three receiver at this point. I think we got one now. Mm-hmm. He can get open. He doesn't have the drops. He's like Laquan. He's a like solid number three. And for the fucking dance... Dude, I got no idea. I mean, I think, I think, I think let's get Stefan to score first, then we can worry about BC. <laughs> I think he, he should just toss the ball back to the referee and just walk off like Barry Sanders does. It's like, here you go, I'm done. I'm, this is this is BAU for me. This is business as usual for me. I'm going to be scoring a lot of touchdowns. Bitches, get used to this. That's what yeah, that, that, that would be. I mean, I don't think he's, he's going to do that. The Vikings are pretty, you know, loud with the celebrations. I I, I expect something totally. Like weird to happen yeah. if he scores. But I don't think he scores this year, honestly. I think he might score like one this year. Mm. Yeah, I, I reckon he gets his first touchdown against the Eagles this weekend. Uh, Oof, that, would, the, that would be awesome. Because, yeah, they suck. The secondary is so bad. I mean, they're so depleted. Yes. The Vikings should have a good air day. Kirk should have a good day. If he doesn't, I'd be worried. Um, all right, last question. Canary Yellow at Kevin Sayer again. Um, it's flying across six time zones uh, for ten and a half hours for three nights away from home. Definition of insanity or super fandom? Asking for a friend. So I think would you? Your to shine, bro. This is your moment to shine. Uh, I, I I really don't know what he's on about. I mean, no no idiot would fly out on Friday night to go watch Eagles at the U.S. Bank Stadium and then fly back on Monday again. I think that's that's stupid. Um, so I have I have no comment on that matter. Um, but I said that. Oh, are so you that's flying it. on Friday? Or when are you flying out? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so that's it from in terms of questions. Uh, I think that that's it for the podcast. Man, that time flew by. Yeah, it's been a solid 40 minutes, 43 minutes. We kind of went a little past last week's episode time frame, so it's fine. That's okay. Pe- people still love us, and as always, thank you for letting us come in your ears. Speak to you all next week.